Quick, come up with something funny to say. Hello? Yo. Fort. Oh, that's really cool. Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh. Oh, fail. Oh. Bad Philosophy, episode 43, recorded on August 30th, 2009. Endless Meltdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy, upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time for our 43rd episode. We are here, ladies and gentlemen, with some familiar guests. Um, in fact, only familiar guests. We have no unfamiliar guests on the show today. You, uh, you know them, you love them. Our first guest is Kevin Saunders, coming straight at you from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, and I recently learned that Miami is not a dry campus. Wow. So it is legal to have alcohol-like in your dorm room if you are of legal age, which I'm not in a dorm or on campus or of an illegal age, so it doesn't really apply to me very much. Oh, that's unfortunate. But I'm glad to be here. Mm. Can you walk through campus with a beer? I don't think so. I, th- I think public display is off limits. Okay. But I think that's true in, in Ohio in general, not yeah. specific to Miami. Good thing to know. Well, it is a dry campus here in Lubbock, Texas, where, our, where we are recording this episode. And uh, I'm here with a Lubbockite of about a year and a half now. Um, yeah, just a year and about a month, actually. Uh, graduated from the status of numero uno fanboy. What do you want us to start calling you now, Jed? I'm okay with Jed. He'll always be numero uno fanboy to me. He will. He will be. He will be Nuff. Nuff Jed. Nuff Jed. <laughs> He's Nuff for us. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, if that little intro was was not indication enough for you, this is going to be a random episode of Bad Philosophy because uh, about a little over a year ago, uh, we had our very first episode of Bad Philosophy. It was called Majority Rules. It is episode zero in the archives, for those of you who like to go back and listen to it. And uh, it involved... It's pretty bad. It, it, was, it was very bad. As, as I said in the episode, um, the sound quality was bad, but our philosophy was worse. And uh, it really was. We had, we had me, we had um, Matt Legler, uh, Kevin, of course, and uh, David Ronderos, who actually we haven't had on the show in quite a long time. About Has a he year. Been on the show since? He has been on the show since. He was um, on like two episodes. Okay. Twice. I think yes. episode one and two. And but apparently, five? Four or five? Maybe, apparently he got the job. Wouldn't it be great if we had a Wikipedia article to, <laughs> you know, tell us all the oh, these facts? Oh, I'm sensing some bitterness there, Jed. <laughs> no, still, not at all. Still bitter over it. Have we ever told the story of the Wikipedia article on an episode? I'm, I know that I've You've made multiple to it. bitter allusions to it. Why, why don't you go ahead and tell the story about that right off the bat? Okay, well, um, so... This show once had its very own Wikipedia article. I'm sure that if you went back in the archives, you could find it there. Uh, essentially, we I spent you know three or four hours working on it rather than working on the audio for what is still the lost episode because that, that episode will probably never be salvaged, A, because I'm lazy, and B, because Matt Legler's computer fan just decided to kick on and off and, you know, increase speeds and do a little jig so it makes it real hard to remove um but at any rate i was uh one evening listening to some bf and decided to start a start a wikipedia article for it uh it stayed up for about what eight hours i would say something like that yeah and before it got flagged as uh Notability. Yeah. Notability. Notable. Yeah. So uh, I struggled to add some references, you know, from uh, times we've been mentioned on the DT or... That would be the Daily Toreador, which is the campus newspaper here at Texas Tech. Thank you, Mr. Context. Um, At any rate, we... uh, I tried to th- throw in some references there, and the editor, who pretty much just had it out for us in the beginning, uh, just could not be appeased no matter how many references I could find and you know so we're, our, our Wikipedia article is no more uh, it, if anybody would like to post the text for it other than me I still have all of it so you know we could give it a shot because I think that 
editor, I think it's Orion Zero, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. has it out for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the deal, though. Much, hmm? Go ahead. I said there's very much an IntelliJ stuff on Wikipedia. Yeah. There is a certain group of editors um, who are very much in power. They have spent far too much time and energy learning all the little details of the rules and figuring out what the rules mean to them mm-hmm. and then going on a power trip. And, you know, if I were Freudian, I would say it's because they have no other power in their lives and they're using this <laughs> as an outlet to exercise what little power they have in the world over other people. But that would be mean, so I won't say that. Also, they probably don't have, you know, substantial genitalia. Mm. Is that a nice way of saying that? If I were a Freudian, this is what I would say. Ah, uh, yes. Well. I have no actual opinion because I'm not, you know certified in any form or fashion other than to teach theater in the Texas state of Texas. Mm -hmm. The Texas state of Texas. I like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I will mention um, there is a possibility that we will gain some actual notability soon. As a result of yours truly, I am writing a senior thesis about the social media initiatives at Texas Tech University, including iTunes U, which uh, thank you, Brian, for bringing that up in the chat room. We are listed on iTunes U for Texas Tech University uh, by a very nice gentleman here named Corey Chandler, who works for the Office of Communications and Marketing. Uh, He saw our podcast and it was basically like, look, this is good stuff that students at Tech are producing, and we want to put this... And former students. And former students, yes. Uh, You were a student at the time. Yeah. So we are listed on iTunes U, and that was one of the references that Jed put in there, I believe. But Mm -hmm. I will be creating what will essentially be a publishable work of some kind. Um, Something that I can cite, basically. I can cite myself. And if someone would like to create a Wikipedia article which cites my work uh, as a notability for bad philosophy, that um, that Are could you be published? another good reference. In the university press. So sort of, yeah. Um, every senior thesis, every master's thesis, every doctoral thesis created at Texas Tech gets published and put in the university library. Um, it is not published beyond the university unless submitted, but it's very possible that I might get published elsewhere. Uh, Journal of, or Chronicle of Higher Education, maybe, or, or one of the uh, one of the higher ed marketing journals. Or Wired. If you could get us on Wired, that'd be good. That would be very good. Um, Hey, South by Southwest, uh, Jed here and I will both be going for free in the spring, so we might uh, we might be able to drum up some publicity for Bad Philosophy. Should we make some like stickers or something? You should. Yeah. Um, we should make no, stickers I... with the little guys with the bug eyes. Yeah, we, we have actually... I have a Photoshop file of it, but Stephen is being an achiever and says it's not good enough, so... Yeah, it's... We were going to submit it to what? Cafe Press? Something like that. Something like that. We were going to create products on Cafe Press. Uh, chat I don't room, really like I'm going to do a shout-out to y'all. What would you prefer other than Cafe Press? It's for... not a shout-out. Okay, I'm going to crowdsource this to the <laughs> chat room. What would y'all prefer other than Cafe Press? You were going to suggest one, Kevin? Yeah, I, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, and so I'm going to the Internet to help me solve this question. Um, Etsy. E-T-S-Y. I don't know. They don't really do stuff the same way. Um, you create products and you can sell them there. Yeah, it's, it's handmade products. That's not really necessarily what I was thinking of. Well, Etsy, you like actually create, create like you make I guess the products that's true. and then it's a it's a marketplace. It's sort of like a Craigslist for like small-time uh, vendors, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, home businesses, that sort of thing. I have a, a relative, actually, who sells... He makes soap and beer and sells them on Etsy. Uh, a lot of jewelry makers put stuff on here. A lot of knitters, apparently. Wait, you can buy beer on Etsy? I, uh, I don't know if he sells the beer on Etsy, actually, uh, but I know he does brew it himself and sell it. Oh, okay, this is yeah. bad. I meant to type Etsy.com, but I was thinking beer, so I typed beer.com. What is beer.com? What is, yeah, what is beer.com? Um, not safe for work. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, the first thing I see is a bikini-clad woman. I don't know if you want to do this, Jed. This is we're treading on uh, dangerous ground. It's not. It's not like terribly offensive, but it it looks doesn't seem very nothing useful what to is, me. What is Beer, girls, nightlife, bars, and pubs. Gaming. Heineken. 
Flash Arcade. That's a pretty baller Heineken R2D2. Beer 2D2. Wow. Beer 2D2. That's worth it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna um, All right. put this link in the chat room. Chat room. Y'all tell us what you think of this uh, beer two D two. Beer two D two on it's Bad Philosophy. Also pretty epic. That that would be one of our products that we're selling. Yes, uh, beer. We're not selling beer two D two. B B F two D two. Baby. <laughs> well, we're gonna look for an alternative to Cafe Press because the main problem that we have with Cafe Press for merchandise is the cut that they take out of it, um, which is a big cut. It is very significant, and we would prefer to retain as much of your generous um, purchases from our. We want your effort. money. Yes, we want your money, pretty much. <clears throat> and as, and essentially, we want to give you a good product too. Um, Cafe Press would allow us to do, you know, all this typical stuff. Hats, coffee mugs, stickers, T-shirts. But, again, it's it's expensive for you. It's not terribly lucrative for us, and we really don't want to do that. Um, I might consider, like... Are we? But at this point, are we really about making money, or are we more about getting our name out there? Well, we are kind of about getting our name out there, but what we might end up doing, actually, is I know there are some places locally that will print stickers, and print them, like, cheap for a lot of stuff, Um, because the university certainly has deals with with a lot of local um, printers, and what we might be able to do is ships ship them manually to you if you want to buy them from us we'll That's give you cheaper. a paypal address and then just ship it to your ship it to you from us so you know you'll get a nice maybe like hand signed sticker actually the there is there is a place i think there's a place in lubbock that'll that'll do t-shirts and stuff um, oh, there's many places oh, in yeah. lubbock that do t-shirts <laughs> well and like stuff. i'm saying that, that not for not for more for commercial so you can resell not for you know, to print one so you have one funny T-shirt like from the mall or something. No, there, there are many places like that. And the university yeah. has we, has deals with a few, and a lot of the fraternities and sororities have deals with them. But yeah. um, what you know, what what's in order of priority? Uh, chat room, give us three products that you would like to see Bad Philosophy produce. That that you would you know first that you would buy, second that you would maybe buy, and then third that would you just sort of you want would- there. Buy and then give it to somebody else. Yeah, buy it and give it to somebody else. Let's uh, yeah. while we're here, while we're waiting for that, let's go ahead and do our three. Mm. I would say um, t-shirt, stickers, and then bumper sticker. I, I'm actually going to steal um, Kathleen's and say uh, refrigerator magnet. I'm mm. one who likes to decorate my refrigerator. Mm. Yeah, and so having that would be good. Um, also, a BF hat would be appropriate for me, as I would wear like, a number of hats. I would like your hat with just <laughs> a hat, BF logo right there. This hat is, I think, I don't know, but I think like is trademarked, copyright something, intellectual property thereof of whoever made it for Firefly originally. Uh, yeah, it's the Jane hat. That's sad. I don't, I don't know that it is, but I, I would not. I would not be surprised it. either. You know, it's one of those things that it's okay if you make for your friends and stuff like that. My sister made this one, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And that's that's a lot less illegal than making them and selling them. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it looks like uh, from the chat we've got T-shirt first. Um, Zephyr, you put coffee mugs, stickers, and then shirt. So you would actually put coffee mug first? You would, you would cool. drink BF coffee? Okay. It's BF delicious. It's like <laughs> down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it should say on the cup. <laughs> okay. I guess so, yeah. Um, do we know Kathleen? Well, no, personally, but uh, Kath- Kathleen is a fan a, of mine from uh, oh, okay. my ASL songs. Well, um, welcome. Uh, so what is your third choice, Kathleen, just out of curiosity? She said she said a shirt magnet. She said she'd buy a shirt if it came with a magnet, something like that. Oh, okay. Mm. Well, but but when she listed them, t-shirt and coffee mug. Wow, well, I don't know. I didn't see. But I would like to actually, uh, you know, just put a put up the, the store page on our website and have you, you know, if you want a shirt and a magnet or like a coffee mug and a sticker, we might like do bundles on the prices. Yeah. Like we'll have prices on there. And be like, hey, if you order I two things, see... you get a dollar off. You know, three things, you get two dollars off. That sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and if you buy one of every item, we'll give you free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> 
But we'll have like thirty. I'm glad that we're bargaining with you know stuff that we have not, no control over. Oh, I know. I realize. I realize. But this this is kind of a pipe dream situation. Oh. Well, I I would like to execute this actually w- within you know a couple of months here. Um, I'll probably start calling places and getting prices for for t-shirts and and stickers and uh you know put it we can put up a page almost as as soon as we've got them printed uh and Mm -hmm. give y'all announce to y'all that we've got the products up there because i do i I think we should start getting our name out there and get people wearing our stuff and and putting it up i'm I'm of the opinion and and this sounds may sound a little pessimistic but after having done a week of grad school i would much rather sit here and talk to you guys for a living than go to grad school yeah I mean, that's not bloody likely. I haven't even had a class yet. <laughs> Did you yeah. not have class? Did, have, classes have started, Jed, haven't they? Have. They have. I've had two days in class, actually. Did. Oh, God. No. <laughs> Wait, you why, haven't gone to class yet? Why'd you, why'd you pull your earphone out? I, I have to go to class. Oh. No, um, it's yeah. a Sunday. Come on. My, my classes are Monday, and then I have an internship and online. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got a class Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which is really annoying because I can't do anything fun on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, while we're talking about um, making a living doing bad philosophy, what do you see? Where do y'all see this show going? So we we basically talk about philosophy and other things if we happen to think about it. <clears throat> but if we were going to grow this into something that had a positive cash flow, what would that look like? I am not a business major. I pride myself on that, but I find myself. We need myself to hire a business major. Needing. Business we need to go find someone who knows point. how to make money and say, "Please help us. Yes. We'll give you money that you help us make." Because I think we have a very, uh, a very varied demographic right now. <clears throat> Kathleen says that what what's cool about it is that there's nothing quite like it. So it's a it's a niche market. Okay. Very unique, to use a phrase that makes me want to shoot myself. Yes, uh, because being unique means you don't fit into a category that no, advertisers no, I just had a problem with very unique. And, I like yeah. being unique. I can't honestly bring myself to say very unique. Again, you know, you got on me for it, modifying uh-huh. that. I that do it absolute. all the time. <laughs> Although what's funny is I actually just got yelled at by one of my professors in, in much the same way, not for saying very unique, but for improperly using the term random. And when I was describing something hmm. and it was a very, I wouldn't call it a meta moment, but I very much felt like I'm sure everyone feels like when I yell at them about saying very unique, he said, you know, you can't, you can't say random unless it actually is random. So you can't say, man, that played all sorts of like weird random things going on. that didn't make sense. That's not random. That's planned. That's a decision was made. Mm-hmm. Random is rolling a die, flipping a coin. Ah. And he yelled at me for it in much the same way that I yelled at you and everybody else for modifying unique. And I felt bad, but then I realized he was right. And so now I try to properly use the word random. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It kind of reminds me of a – we had a an interesting student in my classical Greek philosophy class. The first day he – he took an opportunity where the professor asked if we had any questions about the syllabus to go off on a rant, about a five-minute long rant, against sesquipedalian obscurantism, uh, you know, philosophers using really complicated oh. arguments and, and really, you know, complex language and, and almost making their, their text so incomprehensible that people just think, oh, well, you know, I must not be as smart as these guys. The kicker was this certain individual decided to use very lengthy words and uh, a very obscure argument structure of his own. So it turned into a sesquipedalian obscure rant against sesquipedalian obscurantism. Yay! I I wanted to just, after after he finished, which the professor actually had to cut him off because he obviously was just going to keep going and quoting random <laughs> uh, existentialists and poets. Was it, and, was it intentional? Was it oh, like... Very intentional. Okay. Um, I, I think he didn't realize exactly what he sounded like, but um, yes, it was <clears throat> it was quite funny, and uh, we we cast a lot of uh, sidelong glances at each other in the class, and the professor kind of looked at us occasionally and grinned um, as we kept on listening to him keep going and going and going. 
Uh, and when it finally got to the end, I just wanted to stand up and like start clapping and just go, man, that slow was... clap. Yeah, just slow clap. And, <laughs> you know, that was the most meta moment of my week uh, right there. So, you know, you haven't, you haven't been the only interesting, uh, you haven't had the only interesting class experience. And, Jed, you haven't had any yet because yeah. you haven't had any classes. Well, it'll Blacker. start tomorrow. <laughs> um, three hours, six to nine. Right. I, I'm looking at the chat room here at some of the, uh, some of the responses. And, you know, I have to say, yes, okay, we're, so we're, we're different from everyone else. And, and everyone else who does philosophy podcasts, you know, all ten of them on iTunes, uh, it's mostly... I mean, a small market. It is a you pretty know, small market. How many video game podcasts there are out there? Oh, good God. But here's the deal. Who's going to advertise on a philosophy podcast? What products do philosophers buy? Diet Dr. Pepper. It's almost as good as the real thing. Carrots. I eat them. <laughs> okay. Um, so we've got Dr. Pepper and... Every carrot farmer in the United States. Oh, frack, I ate from the wrong end of the carrot. <laughs> and that's not a euphemism, folks. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I, and I don't know which way was the right end because it's almost Prozac. at this point. Prozac, Prozac is an excellent, you know. I think we could. We could market drugs. We could yeah. market drugs on a, on a I, philosophy podcast. Do they have to be illegal drugs? Is there any sort of, is there any sort of uh, thing in the iTunes eula about you know not trying to i wonder what shows up if you'd like you know google ads whatever for philosophy uh we have a computer here actually so let's find out okay these these ad context sponsored ads are not very helpful buy philosophy and get five percent cash back (laughs) oh philosophy skincare Philosophy.com. Awesome. Official. Yeah. Is it a product? No, it's not a product. But it's, I think Google does this when it doesn't have something to, to give you. Mm-hmm. Free shipping on all orders under $50. Over $50. <laughs> yeah, that other way wouldn't Don't be. Spend, <laughs> please do not spend money on our site. <laughs> so, okay, we've got skincare. Um which could be ironic. I think it would fit our model. I don't know that they'd want their name to be associated with a podcast called Bad called Philosophy. Bad Philosophy. Um, which, again, I wonder how many folks actually get that it's meant to be sarcastic for the first time they see it. Or if... Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I think we should get a beer sponsorship. I would gladly drink any beer that they will send me. Hmm. As Zephyr pointed I, out, and we're talking we about the chat. We are all of legal age. And um, I would be happy to host any BFs in my apartment, and therefore yeah, we can drink on with beer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, beer, uh, put the word out there. If, if any of you know, like, a, a small-time brewer that wants to get his name out and uh, wants to get sponsored, we will... Uh, we will we gladly will that drink out their there. beer. We will gladly <laughs> drink their beer on the show. And... Uh, and podcast to you, whatever results that, that may uh, entail. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Beer. That's that an option. That was an excellent Freudian typo, by the way, Kathleen. Yeah. Kathleen was talking about the sarcasm of BF, as she meant to type. I'm just going to point out there that F and J are nowhere near each other on the QWERTY <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> I didn't even finish saying what the typo was. <laughs> oh, I, I think our audience can, uh, can infer what it was from that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay, well, um, Apparently so... I'm braver than Kesmel, which is good to be brave. <laughs> It is good to be brave. So we've got, okay, beer. I like that. That's worked for Dignation, um, yeah, but, of which we are a huge fan. Yeah. Um, are they sponsored by beer? I don't watch Dignation. Dignation like you say, we are sponsored. a big fan of like Dignation and This Week in Tech. I'm not a fan of any of these things. Dignation is sponsored uh, fairly regularly by uh, I don't, Miller? No. No. Something more obscure. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to look this up. Talk about something. Okay, so business models. Here's the problem with anything Web 2. I'll get back to Dignation. Yeah, that, well. Here's any anything that really came out of the Web 2.0 
time. So that's basically what, like 2001 to now? I, late, I would uh, put, later than that. Yeah, I would put the beginning of Web 2.0 right around, yeah, 03 to 05 is when stuff really started launching. Cause, okay, yeah, cause, I guess uh, so. Gmail launched in 2004. And that was, I would think, like right around the launch of Web 2.0 applications when you really saw a- Ajax come about. Um, but yeah, 2005 was was sort of the beginning of the golden age of Web 2.0. And a lot of people are saying we're we're kind of at the end of the Web 2.0 era. That that sort of that those tools, uh, Tumblr, um, Flickr, are sort of becoming passe. Even the term Web 2.0 is kind of passe. Yeah. But your point, Jed. My point was, at any rate, um, that it's interesting that almost, you know, all these different, all this different content and all these different products and services came out of that. Mm -hmm. And none of them, uh, none of them at all, including ourselves, have any sort of business model. And I don't think that everything has to have a business model at all. But it's just like, what do you do with, with all this content? How do you. How do you continue to make money off of it? Do you give it yeah. away for free and hope that, you know, you're going to end up making money from it somehow? Do you, you know, give this certain is, forms away for free? How do you? What do you do with that? This is actually kind of tackled in uh, to go to a regular BF trope. Um, Cory Doctorow's latest novel, which is called Makers, oh, um, which That's... is being serialized right now at Tor.com, T-O-R.com. Um. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, a new section of the book gets put up. About a quarter of the book is up right now. Um, but it's in a, it takes place in a near future area that is semi post apocalyptic. It's post. That's a long word. That's very sesquipedalian of you, Kevin. Well, it's, it's very market apocalypse sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, it becomes extremely easy to mass produce stuff. Like, Extremely easy, as in, like, I got people living in shantytown can do it. And literally, I mean, you have to read the book to get all of the why. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, and it sort of deals with that. And there's a character in the book who, over the course of where we're about at right now, has created a ride, um, for lack of a better term, and wants to kind of expand, but doesn't want to make money with it. Hmm. Um, doesn't want to, you know, run it like a typical business. And he actually, he has a business partner. He says to him, you know, the the human legs, bipedal modem, you know, spine, all that is a really good way to learn to walk. That's why we see it in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it works really well. But every now and then, evolution pops out an octopus. <laughs> and I want to create an octopus with this business model. Um, which I think we're seeing right now in, in Web 2.0 a lot of people trying to make octopuses. Um, yeah, and a lot of people And most failing. of them will die. Um, here's, here's what has worked, and I know you're going to hate me for this, Kevin, but we're going to go back to Twit, because it is the most successful podcast out there right now. Um, advertising and a very loyal fan base. And right now we have the latter, sort of, uh, and we're building them uh, more and more each day. But advertising is what has gotten has kept Twit afloat pretty much. Um, the fact that they have multiple shows on a network, so if one show isn't doing too hot, the big shows can kind of support the littler ones. Getting sponsors from Audible, from uh, from GoToMeeting, from from all the, the Citrix folks, uh, from Squarespace, these sort of you know s- small-ish companies, not you know massive corporations like Dr Pepper, but companies that have a very specific product to sell to a very specific market, um, namely people who listen to Twit, uh, technology geeks, folks who are into computers, that sort of thing. Um, and why it works for them is there is a market there. There's a clearly understood demographic that Twit appeals to, and that marketers or that that uh, that companies have created products for, and. And and because of that, they can get advertisements. They'll read them in line in the podcast and get a lot of money from doing so. Um, What we have sort of done at this point is I've inserted a couple of affiliate links on the website uh, for Skype, which we use every time we have you on the show, Kevin, obviously, uh, which we really like. And for Apple, which we are 
recording this obviously on a MacBook Pro and Jed is using a MacBook. We're all big fans of Apple. So we're kind of advertising the products that we use, but we use them already. Um, and, and, you know, they use the products on Twitter, obviously. But that has not generated a ton of ad, re- ad revenue because those are very generic products. Um, a lot of people in a lot of different fields use Macs. A lot of people in a lot of different fields use Skype. Uh, certainly, there's, there's not really something that appeals directly to philosophers or people who enjoy philosophy. So we well, kind I, of... I'd point out that Twit is a bit of a fluke in regards to... Um, it's success. Not that it's not a good podcast and what they do yeah. isn't good, but Leo Laporte and a number of the other people in there had an audience before Twit got started. That's true. Yeah. Um, because Leo is... was on, on the screensavers back mm-hmm. when that was a good show. It's really tech TV. Yeah. Yeah. Audio edition. Well, now, and it is it is getting back to the video edition part. And, and I understand that. I mean, Leo Laporte himself was a journalist for a long time. He was a DJ. He, he was worked with radio. He's been in the industry for, you know, 30, 40-something years. Um, so he, he knew he had that part of it down for sure. And they did bring the tech TV audience in along with them, myself included. Um, so for us, we're sort of building an audience from the ground up. And what has, what has seemed to work for the few people that have done that, that have built an audience from the ground up, has been just having something terribly viral that just gets a lot of fans for, for no reason other than that it, it catches on with a lot of folks. Fred, for instance, on YouTube. Um, Lord knows how that, how that teenager... I, I want to use a stronger word, but how that teenager got so popular on YouTube by essentially... What is this we're talking about? Okay, Fred. Fred is... Um, he's a YouTuber. Uh, he has basically uh, built up a, a fan base of millions of uh, 14 to 16-year-olds uh, who watch his show because it's, it's hilarious. He talks about teenager stuff. And the kicker is he speeds up his audio and video so that he sounds like a chipmunk. And, you know, not just a generic chipmunk, but like one of the chipmunks, you know, it's circle R, trademark, whatever, yeah, uh, well, as in Alvin in the chipmunks. That's how the chipmunks, in, as in Alvin chipmunks, got their voices was by just speeding up the stuff. Oh, If exactly. you have their old 33s, you speed them up to 78, or not speed them up, 78s or 45s, you slow them down to 33, and they sound like normal people ta- singing, mm-hmm. which is a fun little trick. Yeah. So what, what this guy has done is essentially take um, a viral aspect from something else and incorporate it into what would normally be you know, junk YouTube content, and he's become a hit. Um, I'm pretty sure he has something like 60 million uniques or subscribers or something. He has the most subscribers on YouTube and sells products. I mean, you know, t-shirts of him and stuff from the show or whatever and is making a substantial amount of money before he has even finished high school. Um, If I sound resentful, it's because I am. Um, I believe (laughs) that, that... that trash content like that should not be rewarded, um, especially not monetarily. Um, but unfortunately, what ends up happening in, in many cases uh, in this Web 2.0 uh, era, if you want to even call it that, is that the quality of the content very much makes no difference at the end of the day. Um, obviously, there are folks out there who care about quality content, but it's not what makes money on a big scale. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> um, I, and and that's certainly arguable. I would say that that it's not necessarily quality of content, but originality in certain cases. And not not always. Not just being original won't get you you know lots and lots of money and fans, but um, being original and as you say you know hitting a viral trend you know getting getting that big push. Mm-hmm. Is certainly a good step along the way. Yeah. Um, that is. That is. If you are a original, a, an original thing, idea. A, you know, speeding up your videos to sound like a six-year-old. That's that's original. I hadn't thought of that. Um, I wouldn't watch it ever. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I may watch one to get it, and then I, I will have gotten it, and then I'll be done. But that's original. And apparently, he hit that viral moment and exploded. 
And he did explode a cave, that's for sure. And you know, I, I'm sure he'll he'll go away and and about maybe six to twelve months. But you know, someone will come up to replace him for sure. Um, memetics is a very fluid thing that we've very weird talked about before before. on the show but uh, it is extremely weird and and, you know anyone who claims to understand it is lying (laughs) but there's obviously some sort of structure in there you know some reason why these why we can get infected with ideas and i I just recently this is in my mind because i just recently finished uh, neil stevenson's snow crash um where the, the entire story pretty much is around this idea of a metavirus, a, a, a virus that makes it possible for people to be infected with viruses. So this has obviously transmitted through biological and through psychological informational means, and he, he does a lot of stuff with, uh, with neurophysiology and language and philosophy of language and information theory to kind of construct this this thing that has originated from sort of the beginning of time that made it possible for people to get infected with ideas, the way that a song can get stuck in our head, the way that we can, you know, appreciate the sneezing panda, um, no matter what your background is. And... <laughs> I love sneezing panda. <laughs> okay. Um, Sorry. But, but the just, point it, of... It makes me laugh because he sneezes. <laughs> And it scares the big one, and it's, it's hilarious. I agree with I agree with Brian. Yeah, I know face major face palm on that. But my point is, I guess we obviously have something within us, within our our physiology or our neurophysiology, that makes it possible for us to get things, you know, stuck, um, and then we propagate them because we like this so much that we want everybody else to see it, and boom, a meme. I don't think we have meme no. status, and we we, we kind of had the moment as Nate pointed out with the Joko videos so, yeah. that you do. Okay. Um, but I don't know that you brought BF along with you. No, that was not nearly as nominally. much as you. Well, I, we tried. I I did the whole thing by calling us the bad philosophers and things like that. Yeah, but that didn't help us. No, because what we did and what we got viral for was kind of hitchhike or hijacking another meme, which was Jonathan Colton himself, mm-hmm. and uh, this whole thing of um, the sign language videos, too, which, I, you know, I guess it was unique for people. It was something new. It was something different. So, hey, here's, you know, Jonathan Colton, which we already love, in this new way that we've never seen before. Woohoo! Um, and, it, yeah, it was the right... I, I have to say, I did not construct that at all. It was something that just sort of happened, and that's how memes usually go. You cannot really predict with any degree of certainty how... What is going to become a meme? Um, but I, I kind of want to get away from this because that unpredictability is what sinks businesses. Um, if we want to really turn this into some kind of a money-making endeavor or you know, even make it um, have any sort of monetary flow whatsoever, it's got to be because of something that we can control. And that, that meme status is, is completely out of our hands. You know, We may have an episode that goes viral for all we know, but what we have no control over what, when and where and why that happens. Well, what um, we need to do is build up a, a solid foundation of people on dig. We need to, to game the system as so many of them do. I would, you know, we could have um, Neil, whose name is not Nate, become the next Mr. Baby man on dig <laughs> and then submit all of our things, you know, every single video we put out, you know, every podcast we link, he should submit it to Dig until we become the new XKCD of Dig, where everyone knows it's coming, everyone hates that it's there, but hey, they all still read it, and that's what we need, and then we want people to give us money for that. Sure. Um, here's the problem with that. People like short content. We're a long-format podcast, um, you know, 30 to 45, sometimes an hour, um, and folks like, you know, to get in, get out, and get on with their life. That's why XKCD comics often do go viral, because you can spend 10 seconds on it and get a nice hit, and that's it. That's all you need. Whereas for Bad Philosophy, we, we appeal to folks. We don't appeal to the dig audience. I, I, I will put that out there right now. Um, because you would have to listen to, you know, the entire episode uh, to really get the context of, of what we're saying, or to get the, you know, the enjoyment out of the show. So, you know, yeah. we, we appeal to more of the, like, you know, the sit-down, um, really, you know, read-along book sort of audience, um, which almost makes me think, like, we should be on 
Audible podcast uh, instead of iTunes. Uh, we are on iTunes, but Audible podcast is more sort of in there with the, you know, this is serious stuff, um, more long format, more yeah. for people who are used to listening to long format audio. It's, it'd be really nice, but it's one of those things that, and, and there's actually some theorists somewhere who argued that uh, the human attention span is shortening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's evidence of that is oh, yeah. that we are you know no one's going to sit down and listen to an, uh, us talk for an hour or watch this video for an hour and I say no one obviously people are doing just that and we love yeah. you for it we do um, we really do <laughs> but Stephen especially and and we still see TV still works but TV shows are getting shorter. You know, yeah. your average TV show would, used to last, you know, an hour-long show was about 50 minutes long. Now they're about 40, 42. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's that world we live in. And, you know, we're, we're seeing the rise of, like, uh, webisodes and, you know, web, web content, like supplements to, to TV shows that are very short, that are, you know, five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really wondering when we're going to see the 15-minute time slot make an emergence. Like an Adult Swim. Oh yeah, okay. Adult Swim. There's there's yeah. a perfect example of it. It's already happened. Good God. Um, uh, most Adult Swim shows are 11 minutes long. Yeah. And mind you, we've seen this before. Classic cartoons. You know, if you think uh, Looney Tunes esque that time period, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers sort of thing, um, were about seven to 11 minutes long. That was uh, but, typical. But here's the kicker: those were those were before long format content movies. Those were little serials like, you know, the trailers before movies these they, days. They started off that way. But even if you go further back to argue against myself, mm-hmm. or the earliest films that people would watch were never more than a few minutes long because they didn't have that much film. Right. That was a very but that was of, out of necessity. But they, they only got longer. But at, at one point, and I, I researched this at one point, I don't remember when. Um, people argued no one would ever sit still for that long. No one's ever going to sit down and watch a movie for 30, 40 minutes. That's, that's insane. Hmm. And so, on the other hand, th- this whole shortened attention span thing may be a lie. But then again, how are book sales doing? <laughs> I, I, you know, I agree with you. And I, I think it may be true only for a, a portion of the population right now. And very much we might go in cycles. Uh, so one of the, the characteristics of the millennials um, that we learned about recently in in some training for my honors college job is that they are much more traditional than uh, than Generation X, uh, that they are are less technologically inclined, actually, than than Generation X or like very early millennials like, you know, me, Jed, you know, late late 80s born. Um, Like folks born in the early 90s to to mid 90s are less into texting they're less into you know constant connection on um social social media on uh, social networks um more more conservative less rebellious it's it's really weird i mean we're seeing the rise of this this sort of uh lethargic um generation coming about i mean relatively lethargic not completely disconnected but certainly less connected than we kind of think is um, typical. Um, so maybe our perceptions of uh, this thing speeding up are simply from you know the tail end of of our generation and and those folks who who had like a really short attention span because that we we binged we went as far to the extreme as we could um, and now the the pendulum is sort of swinging back the other way. So we very well could see the emergence of a of a new appreciation for long form content here in the next five to ten years. Um, I. I would love to see that happen. I think it, it would increase our, our popularity, perhaps. But at the bottom line, I feel like we should just keep doing what we're doing. Because one of the things that... that you won't uh, stop me anytime soon. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the things that... I, I forget. I think it was Veronica Belmont, but I, I'm not sure about this. Uh, said recently on a tweet about this very topic is that once you start pandering, once you start trying to change your identity, once you start modifying things beyond what you're comfortable with, you you sort of lose the passion for, for producing the content that you have produced. And, and the bottom line about all this Web 2.0 stuff is make what you enjoy making. Uh, that's certainly what Jonathan Colton has done, and, and he's 
he likes the music that he writes. That's why he writes it and performs it. Um, once we start doing stuff uh, differently to try try to you know build a business model or appeal to a, a demographic that's artificial, I think we're going to lose our our ability to actually produce that quality content. So you know the <laughs> the dog with the bone. You know we drop one to get the one we see reflected in the water and lose both in the process. Yeah, and I still think we should find a business major who wants to make money for us. <laughs> well, and I think that that's part of it. But you know, again to go back to Cory Doctorow, I think mm-hmm. that our problem is not is not making money, it's getting known. It's yeah. that we're, you know, we're <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but we don't really have that much notoriety. No, like, I don't. struggled to find references to us for the yeah. Wikipedia article that I mentioned earlier. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's, that's going to be the uphill battle and you know, for for better or for worse, you know, that's how a lot of the Web 2.0 businesses did make it or didn't. You know, they the good ones, you know, people talked about them and they got out there and yeah. they figured it out. And, I mean, I guess they're, you know, they're still the very obvious uh, exceptions to that rule, such as, you know, Twitter or, G- well, I guess Gmail. I sort don't of know why Twitter is popular. Uh, I like it's, Twitter. It's got meme juice. Yeah. I, I don't know I when. Mean, I, it's one of those things that I don't, for, for what is essentially, and I, and I love Twitter, preemptively say that. I use it <laughs> all the use time. use it all the time, yeah. <laughs> but for something that is essentially a useless product, like I, I don't see a benefit of it 95% of the time. Most of what gets sent on Twitter is fluff. It is meaningless. It is purposeless. But the the other five percent has apparently made it worthwhile. I I couldn't tell you, man. Um, I think the folks at Twitter are as baffled as you are as to to why or how it's become popular. This it wasn't. This isn't the the use it was intended for. No, you know, it was meant mostly all. for a very small network for people um, to kind of keep in touch with one another, and it has become something very different. Yeah. And, and you know, as Kathleen is pointing out, you know, she would have missed the broadcast without Twitter, and she meets up with her friends. And there are lots of things that do it. And as Neil is pointing out, Twitter's not making any money. All of these things are very true. But Twitter has got name recognition, you know. Yes. It's going to be a trial by fire, I think, for a lot of companies. We're, we're going to see different business models come out of this, and it's what works for some is, is not going to work for others. I, I don't see the industry coming into any sort of a stabilization until a business model that works for every one of these like small startup endeavors comes about. And that is far off. So for, for, the, for the moment, we just have to, to sort of keep on producing the content that we enjoy, you know, biting the bullet, um, fronting the cost ourselves, um, maybe you know, producing products. I think that's, that's definitely something we're going to mm-hmm. do. And... Uh, and connecting with whatever audience we have, because personally, I'm okay with not having thousands and thousands of fans. Um, I like the fact that we've got six people here in the chat, and I can follow everything y'all say and respond yeah. to it. That's that's just right for me. Um, the fact that anyone is getting enjoyment out of the content that we produce just makes me smile. Um, I know from a business perspective, that's <laughs> not terribly a, a terribly admirable position, but... It makes me happy. Wherever we go in the future with bad philosophy, uh, we're we're gonna stay true to to what we've been and uh, and to what we enjoy. Yeah, and we are what we are. And mm-hmm. I just wish someone would give me you know a hundred bucks an episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing we are going to start doing, actually, that I, I remembered, um, we're going to start getting more uh, experts back on the show, more more actual philosophers and uh, people from Texas Tech to talk about philosophical topics. Uh, we've got Dr. Webb is uh, is already signed up to do another episode in September, and I am talking with uh, some folks in the Pragmatics Institute here in the library to to see about faculty that we may not have heard of to to get on the show and interview. Um, so we're going to try to, you know, get more of that so sort of fresh content and make it less of a less of an inbred thing like this episode mm-hmm. is purely. <laughs> I think also, you know, something that I've I, is as a viewer or listener that I've enjoyed is having the sort of you know responses to current events. Yeah. Whether it's you know movies, music, uh, 
you know, actual news, things like that. I, I found that very, very, uh, I guess, insightful. And, you know, anytime that, uh, Kevin and Steven can read things off in silly accents that, that's, <laughs> that, that does it for me. That so. was a good time. I enjoyed it. And we did it twice. Yes, we did do it twice. Uh, by the way, everyone, uh, something I, I forgot to mention on the website, episode 42 is there. It's not completely lost. If you would like to, to hear more of, of Kevin and I reading Plato in um, entertaining voices, you can go to stickam.com slash badphilosophy and go to the videos tab, and you'll find episode 42, which we called verbatim philosophy. Oh, yeah. Because we did read the stuff verbatim. Not not our best port Bantu ever, but, you know, run with it. You can also there watch uh, Weekly Y number 5, which uh, this guy Jed recorded. The stealth episode. Quite a while ago in uh, April, actually. Wow. (laughs) was a good episode, and we talked about uh, similar topics to what what we've discussed today. So if you would like to go and watch that, um, it is up there online. And, uh... We do hope to keep bringing you live episodes because we, we enjoy this interaction. When when you can uh, when you can join us for a, a live show, we like we like having you here and, and talking back and forth with you because we do love you, our fans. Well, uh, gentlemen, we are, have come to the the conclusion of our time here on this episode of Bad Philosophy. Um, Jed, I'm going to thank you first for for being here in person on on short notice. No, no problem. It was, it was good having you here. And uh, Kevin, thank you for for skyping in from uh, Oxford. I do what I can. Yeah, uh, keep drinking the Dr Pepper. I I kind of want one now. Uh, it's it's weird. I, I just got this craving go all Murray of a sudden. After this, yeah, I think we should. I, th- I think Jed and I are going to go buy some nice fresh Dr Pepper. Thank you, Texas Tech Hospitality Services. Maybe we can get a retweet from y'all. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me. I'm at uh, twitter.com/storrence. S T O R R E N C E. Jed, where can we follow you? I'm also on Twitter at twitter.com slash Linux, which is L-I-N-N-I-X. And Kevin, uh, where do you want folks to, to contact you on the netterwebs? I'm still on the Twitters, twitter.com slash Kevsund. Um, I'm still doing Kevin Review Something Every Day. Uh, I've been doing that for two months now, which is kind of exciting. And every single time Windows, Media Mo- Windows Movie Maker crashes as I do it. <laughs> yeah. Can we buy you a better piece of software for this? Or? Um, I'd love for y'all to. That won't stop me. Um, but that's really where you can find me right now on the netterwebs. All yeah. right. Well, we'll have folks hit you up there. And uh, we thank all of y'all in the chat room for being there. We, we liked your input, and we, we appreciate your support. Look for uh, products appearing soon on the Bad Philosophy website. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Nothing quite as wonderful as money. There is nothing quite as beautiful as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly. With money, you can make a splash. Kevin today is brought to you by Diet Dr. Pepper. It's like normal Dr. Pepper, but it doesn't taste quite as good. Diet Dr. Pepper. It's almost as good as the real thing. You can keep your Marxist ways, but it's only just a phase. For it's money, money, money makes the world. Badphilosophy.com I sound better than I think I sound.